Please be advised that this episode contains explicit language. Women, women were fashioned from Adam's, Eve was fashioned from Adam's rib so he mm. could have a companion. I mean, right yeah. from the start, it sets us up to be a lesser, like we were just made for your pleasure, you know? True enough. A helper. Yeah. He looks around at all the animals and can't find a suitable helper. <laughs> I will make so it's kind of like... We know what he was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 67 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or maybe we're going to bring out the hard stuff tonight. We'll just see what's in the glass. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9.15 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com, and you can listen anytime wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsors. First up, Casual Priest, the maker of fine clergy wear, based out of Sweden. Their tops are tailored, modern, confident, and stylish. And I just saw on their Facebook page, uh, some of their outfits were entered into some kind of like fashion, actual fashion show or museum or something. It's very cool. Um, Check them out. And if you want a chance to win some clergy apparel from them, call us and leave us a message on our Casual Priest Hotline, this is 980-PT-LIVE-0, 980-785-4830. And as always, when you get a chance to listen to this in your own time, you can join in on the conversation on Twitter and the Facebook using hashtag PT-LIVE. You can do it right now if you happen to be watching us live. And we might catch it while we're live and say it. Yeah. And our, our wine sponsor is Wink Wine Club. Wink, spelled W-I-N-C, features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com slash ptlive for $20 off your first order and other savings. Well, tonight, friends, uh, we get into it with all the uh, Harvey Weinstein news and the hashtag MeToo that's been trending around sexual harassment and assault. We've decided to ask, does the Bible encourage misogyny? Some say that the objectification of women goes all the way back to Genesis. If so, what are the ramifications of the Bible's patriarchal underpinnings? We discuss. My name is Brian Burkoff. I am pastor of Holland UCC in Holland, Michigan, and author of the book Pub Theology, Beer Conversation, and God. And tonight I am drinking a heavy lifting IPA from Boulevard Brewing. Nice. And also, uh, in case things get really tense, I've got uh, some Laphroaig 10-year single malt scotch. So nice. We are ready to roll tonight. What do you have in there? Rock ice cubes? Uh, yeah, they're like these black uh, rock cubes because I like to drink my scotch neat, but this cool keeps again. it cool but doesn't water it down. I like it. Nice. And with us, as usual, Ogan Holder and Tina Simmons. Welcome, friends. Hello, I am a Reverend Ogan Holder, Unity on the River, here in Amesbury, Massachusetts, author of Rants to Revelations. Look, I have a visual aid tonight. Uh, 
unabashedly honest reflections on life, spirituality, and the meaning of God. That's the only way I can read the uh, subtitle. Available at Amazon and probably nowhere else. Fine books are sold. Just Amazon at this point. <laughs> and your local Unity Church. And and my my local Unity Church bookstore. I don't even know if any more Unity Church. Literally books. your local. It's been, it's been five years. Uh, it's 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 had its it's had its run. Maybe it'll make a resurgence. Um, any who's it's. Um, I got two bears tonight. Actually, I figured it might be a two bear conversation night. Well, yeah. yeah. And they're both Oktoberfest because um, I'm still in the theme of Oktoberfest. We got Harpoon Oktoberfest and Von Trapp Brewing Oktoberfest. So I'm gonna start with the I'm gonna start with the Von Trapp, and next week I'll start rolling out the pumpkin ales because you know it's that time of year. Sounds good. Uh, this is Tina Simmons, author of Xandrail, Being Human is Overrated as T. Griffin. And Brian, your copy is in the mail. Um, but yes. I, I highly recommend reading it before you let your teenagers read it, okay? Will do. Noted. Wait, why, why should he read it first? What? Why should he read it first? Because um, I everybody is different with their kids and what they want them to read. And I there are some things in there that he might not want his kids to read. I get I get a little snarky and opinionated. I'm reading back on it. I'm like, I think there's part time. No, I, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you for sending it. And thanks for the heads up. Well, I look forward to it. As a parent who has a teenager who pretty much read it the same time I read it, I think they'll be fine. Okay. But that's just me. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I'm just being cautious. Um, and tonight I'm drinking Mary Hill, which is one of my favorite wineries. And it's one of the most beautiful places on earth that you've probably never heard of. But it's a Tavolo nice. Rosso. I don't know what that means, but it's good. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. All right. Is it like a light, is it like a rosé or is it more like a, no, uh, like, a like, full-bodied Yeah, I like the full-bodied bold reds. It's not a rosé. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Not a rosé. I was going to say, if you're pulling out the rosé, you know. That's a that's a summer wine, and um, one there of the one of the bars near my work has rosé slushies. Oh no! Mm. Well, now I could make room for that. I think. So last time we were talking uh, Reformation, law, and gospel, and the Ten Commandments came up, and I quickly asked you guys to give me your personal Ten Commandments without any warning, and so now you've had some warning. Ah. And we've all had a chance to come up with uh, some Ten Commandments that maybe, I don't know, are these things you would live by, encourage others to live by? Are these like your personal code? How would you frame it? Um, I Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. All right, this is going to be awesome. So we want to hear, why, why don't uh, we, I don't know, I think we should do ladies first. Well, I, I wrote mine as if... Um... They were the Ten Commandments, but also as if like I were president of my own world. <laughs> yeah, well, sweet. There it is. That's, that's... But you are. Um, did you not know you are the president of your own world? It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to try to speed read through them because, yeah, I wrote. Um, the first one is, thou shalt laugh every day. If one cannot laugh. Ah, forget it. I'm not going to read that part. Just one shall laugh every day. Second one is, thou shalt cry when one needs to cry. Thou shalt not criticize or mock others when they need to cry. 
thou shalt acknowledge that mental, sp emotional, spiritual, and physical health are connected and must all be maintained. Thou shalt acknowledge that the human body is beautiful regardless of shape, size, or color and celebrate this beauty. Nakedness is to be revered, not condemned, and shamed. Amen. That's good. Thou shalt respect the decisions of others and support them on their paths for they are on their own, for they are their own lessons to learn. Thou shalt take time every day to be silent. Thou shalt respect the silent times of others. Thou shalt take two to four weeks. You're going to like this one, Ogan. Thou shalt take two to four weeks each year to step out of thy life to evaluate, speculate, appreciate, and adjust one's course if needed. I'd like to do that every two to four years. Like, what did you just say? Every two to four years or do it? Two, for every two year years? for two to four weeks. Nah, that's too soon. I can't handle that kind of change so quickly. No. <laughs> No. My world, Ogan, not yours. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, thou shalt use thy creativity to create a better world. Thou shalt respect the earth and the gifts it provides. And thou shalt celebrate life every day as one see fit, sees fit. Nice. I didn't want to do the negative thou shalt not. So. Yeah. Well, I got to give some claps for that. Let's try that again. Go, go clap, 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 claps. Come on. Applause. There we go. Uh, it was a little, it was a little weak golf clap, weak. but but I think it deserved like a raucous applause. Well done, Tina. Well, I got another soundboard. I could pull that up. Wait, <laughs> um, right. who go next? I'll go next. Um, so from the along the theme of um, not reinventing the wheel unless it's more, it so happened that in my book, Rants Revelations, again the visual aid. If you're watching the video, um, I had a chapter. Um, very humbly called, I am awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the, the actual subtitle to the chapter is The Question of Humility. But the whole purpose of the chapter was um, was about realizing that, y you know, we kind of are awesome and awesome in that original concept of the word, like, to be revered, reverential, like, you know, we we matter, and we should matter to ourselves. We should be the most important person in our lives, not in a selfish, conceited way, but you know, take care of yourself first, um, and don't put yourself down. So I assumed, and I talked about uh, gurus a little bit, and realized, and said, truly, the only guru we need is within ourselves. Like we don't need to look outwards to any other gurus. That being said, I labeled myself guru Swami Ogananda. And I was going to say, that's a quote from Swami Vivekananda, who says you should, you, your soul is your only teacher. Yes. So I assumed the uh, Swami Ogananda and I listed 20 things. So, so I reviewed them and picked out 10 and awesome. a lot of them overlap with Tina's interestingly enough. So my number one is laugh every day. Even if it's something ridiculous, you laugh. Uh, I also have cry. Um, it's cathartic. I have uh, keep your heart open. It's about being vulnerable and authentically connected. Stuff I learned from Brene Brown. Uh, this is this is a two-parter. Know and love thyself. And this talks about self-awareness and also self-acceptance. Um, I think we'd be a lot better off if we did more time loving ourselves. Be kind. Um, three, eat food that makes you sigh with pleasure. And following that up, all things in balance because extremes are 
uh, not going to help for peaceful living. So while bacon covered flourless dark chocolate cake will make you sigh with pleasure, no good can come from eating too much of it. So everything in balance. What if it's covered in bacon? Um, again, balance. <laughs> Every, everything in moderation, even moderation, I like to say. Uh, another one, be still, along with your one of, uh, what do you say, take time out, something. Uh, yeah, be silent. So be still, and the part two to that is naps are a spiritual practice. So naps are our best friend, not dogs, naps. Uh, find and live your passion, and it's truly the only way you'll be happy. And finally, live your spirituality was my number 10. And what I meant by that is many, a lot of times people put their spiritual life in like a silo and doesn't let it, don't let it filter out and trickle out into the rest of their lives and inform the rest of their lives, you know. So, and, and we're going to talk about this today, you know, some who call themselves spiritual, religious, even Christian, um, some of the things that they say do and allow themselves to be part of um so you know if you i believe if you truly live in your spirituality they there will be consistency so those are my 10 great well done swami Ogananda and rants of revelations available on amazon <laughs> if you're watching the video there's there's a cover check it out Got, By the way, friends, uh, listeners, we will post these uh, Ten Commandments to uh, Facebook. So in case you'd like to have a copy for your fridge, you can <laughs> check us out on, on the Facebooks. All right. So my Ten Commandments, which I will say uh, happened shortly before the show kicked off because I forgot to do mine. So we'll see what we have. You know what? I'm so glad you said that because I was debating after throw you under the bus. I'm glad you snuck under by yourself. <laughs> I think it is totally hilarious and ironic that that you wrote yours just before your show when last week you were the one who sprung them on us. <laughs> Go home Ooh, and write taste of my own medicine. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. So first first commandment, uh, you shall have room in your heart for everyone. Number two, you shall not make fish tacos. Oh, uh, number. No. <laughs> I just left your world. I'm just. Oh, you know. boy. You're number three. <laughs> number three. Let's see if we get some traction here. You shall not taste a Bud Light or other macro brew, for you shall not use your taste buds in vain. Amen. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Back on board. Number four. Remember to do what brings you joy. Yes. Number five. Honor your elders. Number six. Respect the earth. Number seven, you shall get to the beach as often as possible. Mm. Number eight, you shall spend time with children and with trees. Number nine, you shall not bear arms against your neighbor. And number 10, be content and at peace as far as you are able. Nice. So they started kind of fun and then they got a little more serious. I don't know. What can well, I say? you know, there there were good uh, there were good all to the fish taco thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, that whole one before the fish taco. <laughs> uh, I started wide open. You shall have room in your heart for everyone, and then the second one was except for fish tacos. Everyone, but come on, it, yeah. Brian, what's your problem with fish tacos? 
Yeah, I don't eat fish. Okay, I I don't what like fish. So the idea of like putting a fish in it, which I love tacos, and so ruining a taco by putting something fishy in it makes me want to gag. Dude, fish is good for you. The omega three. Super good for you. What are you talking about? I take my listen. I take my omega three fish oil pills or whatever they are, but I can't eat fish. Okay, that's weird. I love you, but that's weird. <laughs> I used to, I used to live in Alaska, and we had salmon when I was young. And I was let's just say I was sick in a bad way for a while. So, and I've had it since then, and it seems to recur. Well, so, so hang on. Uh, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, but is it legitimately like you just don't like the taste of it, or your body does not respond well to it? Uh, all of the above. All of the above. Okay. Hey, I got hey. that for bananas too, so I, I understand where you come from. Hey, I don't, I don't know which one of you guys knows uh, Lana Larson, but um, mm -hmm. she just put on Facebook, thou shalt not use your taste buds in vain, classic. So nice one, Brian. All <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Lana's on the ball. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into it here, friends. Uh, does the Bible encourage misogyny and if so, yeah, let's just talk that out because this is a foundational spiritual uh, scriptural text for so many people, particularly in our culture. Um, what, do, what do we do with that? And, and give us some, you know, chapter and verse or something if you have something that you think. Oh, yeah, look stuff up. Maybe applies. I got three pages. <laughs> oh. She came prepared. I came ready. prepared. Ready. I, so I presented this to one of my groups, um, like my anonymous groups that I don't know anybody, but we have very similar traits. Um, and the one thing I liked the best, and this first part is actually saying the Bible is not um, misogynist, and the rest okay. is saying it. The rest is saying it is. Um, oh, but this this was my favorite of the whole thing. It's a human written patriarchal document written to further the political agenda of those in power at the time. Of course, it's sexist. People believe in it and other documents from organized religion because we are hardwired for connection, belonging, and purpose. This instinctive need to sur is survival-based. We can live longer in groups, but is exploited by power seekers. I thought that was pretty mm. cool. Fire right out of the gate. Love it. Nice. Agree, disagree, other, Ogan. Um, I I agree, and uh, as when I when I posted what we we're doing on the show tonight with the question, does the Bible uh, support or encourage misogyny? One of my friends replied, "Yes." Now that I've answered the question for you, you can take the night off. No need to, no need for a lengthy discussion. The answer is just yes. Um, but but one of the things I do want to. Uh, I, I want to back up a little bit about this and I want to draw our attention to uh, the CBMW. I don't know if you remember these folks. Um, these were the guys who wrote that Nashville statement uh, oh. and their coalition for biblical sexuality. Well, a few years back, they wrote something called the Danvers statement. And again, mm -hmm. The name of these things reflect the city that the you know assembly gathered in. This case was Danvers, Massachusetts, just like twenty minutes away from where I live. 
Um, but this was their statement on um, biblical manhood and womanhood. Uh, it's the Council on, on sorry, it's the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, the CBMW, and this was their statement on the role of men and women in relationship and in marriage. And one of the things they talked about, one of their statements was, um, they said in Genesis, the fall introduced distortions into relationships between men and women. They quoted Genesis 3, 1 through 7, 12 and 16, his creation story. But in the statement, they said, in the home, the husband's loving, humble leadership tends to be replaced by domination or passivity. The wife's, the wife's intelligent, willing submission tends to be replaced by usurpation or servility. So even in their statement, they're saying the you know they draw this line the husband's role is leader the wife role is willing submission this we know uh as this idea called complementarianism it runs in a lot of evangelical and and some mainstream churches this idea is a theological view and it's also you also find it in judaism and islam but this idea that women and men have different roles that are supposed to complement each other in marriage, in life, in leadership. But when you look at these roles, none of them include the women in equal leadership positions with the men. So like in, right. in, the, in the marriage, the, the husband is the leader of the home and the wife has is willingly submissive and supportive. And in religious life, women can only... Um, have up to a certain level of leadership within a church or a spiritual community, but not the highest role. And, and did you say that they attribute that to the fall, that before the fall, men and women were equal, but then after the fall, we have different roles? No, 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 no. Before the fall. Oh, before Adam, the fall. Oh, Adam, headship in marriage was established. Oh like, my! I oh, mean, it was it was there was no there was no fighting. Now that the, we have uh, the fall, women think they can be equal. Is that what they're saying? That's what. That's when we first showed we were oh, disobedient. Oh, jeez! Yeah. Drop. Oh, stop exactly. with that. Well, I mean, because if you think about it, if you read the very first, you know, the very beginning, women women were fashioned from Adam's. Eve was fashioned from Adam's rib, so he mm. could have a companion. I mean, right yeah. from the start, it sets us up to be a lesser. Like we were just made for your pleasure, you know? True enough. A helper. Yeah. He looks around at all the animals and can't find a suitable helper. <laughs> I will make so it it's kind of like. We know what he was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And further, right? The story, the classic reading of the story is that the first woman was morally suspect and she's the one who caved with the snake took the fruit offered it to him so women uh theologically have been seen as the bringers of sin and evil into the world which is so damaging and that's been so abused and misused and well, if you read that story correctly, if you read that story correctly, basically what that story is saying is uh, the man was not capable of an independent thought. 
God told, <laughs> well, God told him don't eat the fruit, so he didn't. Then women, then the woman told him to eat the fruit, and he did. Like, can't make his own mind up. The woman, but she gets blamed. She gets blamed. The woman in the story was the one who had an independent self, Ooh, an independent streak. She was a bit of a free thinker, right? A self-actualized thought of saying, "Okay, Ooh, here's like my options. Reading. Here's my options. Here's what I'm gonna pick." Because when you look at, if you read the text again, the tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As in, we, right. we eat this fruit, now we will have awareness. Now we will be awakened. We're not just being lemons. It would seem that the man was quite willing to be the lemon. And, you know. And she, she said, let me take destiny into my own hands. Exactly. Exactly. Um Interesting other, uh, you want some Bible verses, 1 Corinthians 11, 7 to 9. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For man doesn't originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Oh, God. Is that really in there? And, and if we keep going with Corinthians 14, 34, 35, the woman should keep silent in churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Stop. Paul was on some kind of streak, man. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, because when I talked to my group, they were like, oh, that's old. Well, a couple there. Most of them were totally. They were like, that sounds like old Testament, but it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, then that, that's what she said. Um, oh, what does she say here? Then in the new Testament, the issue of man versus woman was dealt with and equalized in the eyes of God. She doesn't give any reference to why, but I don't, I don't not seeing that at all. <laughs> well, there is, there is a passage where again, I think in one of Paul's letters, it says under Christ, you're neither, you know, mm. You're neither yep. master nor slave. Um, I'm sorry, you're right. Jude nor Greek, male nor female. So, yeah, it's Galatians 3, 26 right. or 29. You're right, you're right. So Paul was attempting to... to yeah, so there's that egalitarian underpinning there or impulse. Well, I think, but 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 again, for me, that's, that I think is attempted to limit it to just the spiritual spiritual realm, not the actual out in your real world life because... If it was out in the real world life, you wouldn't have this passage that I just read from Corinthians. Now, again, when we when we talk about Paul's letters, you know, we want to lump them together as this is Paul's treatise on Christianity, when more often than not, it was Paul addressing specific issues to specific churches. Not that that excuses them, but it's like, you know, if somebody asks me something about one thing and then somebody asks me something about another thing and they're like, well, wait, you said that over there. Well, that was the question they asked me if the two necessarily don't line up. But um, I think that whole thing about the, the equality under Jesus, as you were saying, was about spirituality in the spiritual light of thing. But we could still have these unequal roles. Um, and again, this was, again, not excusing it, but this was how the world worked at that time. It didn't make it okay, but at the time this, you know, Old Testament and New Testament write-ins, there was not equality between genders. Now here we are 2017, and I think we realize beyond a shadow of a doubt that 
that kind of thinking needs to go. But well, some some of us, some of us do. Some of us do. It's in a document that is holy scripture and that continues to inform people today. And so that's why I think the lasting impact goes way beyond the context in which it was written. And many today, like the complementarian friends you mentioned, continue to think, well, yeah, the Bible says X, Y, and Z. So that's that must be how men and women are and how we should treat women. And that's dangerous. Well, and, well, I completely agree with you. Um, I don't think the, the Bible is completely at fault here. I mean, I know people who are not Christian and not religious at all. That and, and it all comes down to we value the gifts of men over the gifts of women or the gifts of the masculine over the gifts of the feminine. Like I heard the other day, stop your crying. You're fine. You know, like like stuff like that. Like people aren't allowed to feel emotion or, you know, the, the gifts of the heart like feelings are stamped down feelings are stupid feelings are you know and it, it, that's society society we yeah. live in that's a patriarchal society is you know it's you're you're strong if you're aggressive and that for as much as we know it needs to die it's not happening and so how much tina do you think that's rooted in our sort of judeo-christian um scriptural background as a society and how much of it do you think is just irrelevant of that and just the way humanity has evolved? Well, uh, answer me this, okay? Um, we used to have, you know, thousands of years ago, we used to have societies that valued both male and female. I, I think of Native Americans when I say this, um, other tribes. We, we used to have that. We used to have matriarchal societies, but we stamped them all out. And the entire world, whether they're Christian or not, tell me any religions today that are not patriarchal. Wiccan, yeah. Maybe How popular Wiccan. is that? It's that's, it's a minority. Definitely, definitely. I would say unity. We're not a religion, but you know, the odds, the odds, the odds, the the numbers, the numbers are not in the men's favor. But weren't you a tributary? Didn't we discuss this? You're a tributary <laughs> off the larger stream of a of a religious tradition. There you go. <laughs> call back, call back the last week's show if you missed that one. Uh, check it out. Check it out. Yeah. But um, but so I was actually so um, this is not me even playing dev devil's advocate. This is me bringing up a kind of like introducing a side point here. I was listening to an episode of Hidden Brain. I don't know if you guys listen to this on NPR, but you really should. Um, do you guys remember not too long ago um, this Google engineer that got fired because of this memo he wrote when the question was asked why there are not as many women um, in leadership in Silicon Valley and in the tech world. And his response was that because of the way, um, because of, I think I'm paraphrasing, but literally because of the way women's brains are and the way women think, um, they naturally, they are naturally not, uh, will not gravitate. He didn't say suited for naturally won't gravitate to leadership roles because of the kind of uh, basically aggression that it takes to be a leader. Now, when, let me finish, wait, wait, 14 okay. minutes. Now, when he wrote this memo, everybody lost their ever-loving minds and he was shortly thereafter fired. 
like people lost their shit excuse me but about this and how dare you and you are sexist and you're misogynist and all this now so that happened and i was and i was on that bandwagon too i was like dude you did not just say what you just said but he did anyways so then i listened to this episode of hidden brain and and when i listened to this episode it was fascinating because apparently when it comes to like gender roles and gender differentiation there are two schools of thought there's the nature nurture argument the nature argument posits and there's evidence to support both sides that yes we are constructed uh we uh differently because of how and we think differently and respond differently because of hormones so like in the you know in the womb at different stages of embryonic development testosterone floods in or estrogen floods in this is this is why people uh this is uh sec uh gen uh yeah gender and sexual identity and and um is associated with this so like a fetus that is um about to in the final stage of the gestation female body parts but then there's this like massive flood of testosterone for some reason and then you have you know um a baby girl who comes out but then this girl thinks she's really a male or believes she's a male feels like a male is a better way to put it right, and right. then we have this then we have someone who's transgender but it's because of this flood of hormones and hormones help control how our brain works things and responds so the biologists who heard this argument were like he's not wrong the problem is people heard him saying that it made it instead of saying they heard him saying that women weren't suitable for the roles which is not what he was saying all he was saying is because of that they weren't naturally maybe attracted to the roles it doesn't mean they weren't capable and it didn't mean they shouldn't be in those roles and it didn't mean that they may not even be better in those roles when we see women in leadership things tend to work out better anyways partly because there is there is that less aggression so what happens to tina's point earlier is that yes men and women we are built differently we just got to look at our bodies and we know we're built differently we think differently, we feel differently, but differently doesn't mean one is better than the other. One should get more than the other. It doesn't mean that, but but there is a differentiation and and, sure, we, sure. and we should acknowledge that. Now, the on the other side of the argument, those who supported the nurture argument said, no, it's all about your upbringing. It's all about what you were told when you were little. It's all about how you choose to live your life. And you can override that biological imperative. So we have these two arguments going back and forth. I don't. I don't think one is right or wrong. I think it's an equal. You know, it, it's both of them because from you know from childhood, you know, girls were kind of pushed a certain way, and now there's much more STEM being pushed towards girls. You know, girls being trained for STEM for science, technology. And, um, and math and engineering. So there's many more girls going into those fields. Now, as, as far as the wiring, yeah, absolutely. Guys, their brains are much differently wired. Um, Will and I talk about this because, you know, guys, like their, their brains are more linear and girls are just all over the place and everything connects. And so, yes, we think differently, but that's why in leadership positions, I think it's, it's valuable to have one of each. Or, you know, if you have, a, a woman in, in leadership have a masculine personality by her side or, or vice versa to, yeah. to balance that out because, because right now the aggression in our world is way too high. I mean, we, we live in a patriarchal world, not just society, 
world. And look, look at what's happening to it. So, you know, what, what's the alternative? Like <laughs> the, the aggression is literally killing us because uh, we talked about this in previous episodes when we talked about uh, mass shootings and the guns. Mm, last I checked, I don't think any of the mass shootings were committed by women. It's not to say Good women call. own guns, women own guns. Women own guns. Women can shoot guns. Women can shoot guns. Women love guns. But the mass shootings aren't being conducted, uh, carried out by women. You know, right. when was the last time a, in our modern, you know, history, a woman started a war. You know, you know, she might have been the cause of wars because the <laughs> men couldn't think straight and women were involved. But that's on us. That's 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 on us. Um, so so yeah. So it's it's. I agree with you, and I think I think this might have been the intention behind the complementarianism thing acknowledging that men and women bring different gifts but somehow in the spelling out of it it still put the women down well and, yeah and how about this you know in uh, deuteronomy 22 um it was noted uh, this is in the torah that if a woman is not a virgin at the time of her marriage she shall be stoned to death and the same rule didn't apply to men yeah right and i think that double standard has carried through a lot longer than that original timing of that text or or how about deuteronomy 22 28 and 29 if a man is caught in the act of raping a young woman who is not engaged he must pay 50 pieces of silver to her father then he must marry the young woman that's his punishment because he yeah. violated her and he will never be allowed to divorce her oh. I, come on Can I just so, say and it's only if he's caught in it you know if she says he did it that's okay this is this is the most I've ever heard Tina quote the Bible ever. She's out. a regular font of, of scriptural <laughs> passage. I told you I'm very passionate about this subject. We need to give her more Bible assignments. <laughs> <laughs> now, so 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 I do want to segue though to 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 like where we are. You know, as you mentioned earlier with the Harvey Weinstein, uh, all this stuff coming out, and 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 even even our president. You know who who in the campaign, we, we heard about the tape, we heard the tape where he basically bragged about sexual assault. Um, and, um, and now uh, one of those cases, he's actually as being subpoenaed or, or the files around that is being subpoenaed. And, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not making this a partisan thing. I mean, we had Bill Clinton too, who, you know, right. to, you know, affectionately called him slick Willie uh bill clinton did did what bill clinton did and and abused his position of power you know regardless of if it was consensual or not this wasn't a you know that whole monica Lewinsky thing was an abuse of power but here we are now and uh tina shared something i think was it last week or at some point maybe we were just messaging back and forth about the evangelical ministers who support trump and the question of like how can how can they do this like given given all he said why would this group of ministers support someone who would brag about sexual abuse and i think that's the whole crux of what we're talking about here is there is this implicit support i think of it in the bible of women are not women don't matter as much women are not as important as that's right and and therefore therefore we will be quick to quote unquote forgive 
this person who happens to be in our party because he's a man. Because <laughs> he's a man. And 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 again, they were married. and or a, and or a person in power, a man in power. Yeah, I kind of still think they're doing it for the power, for the publicity. But Clinton, when that happened, you know, back in the day, talking about morals and all that. But but if your if your religion, if your belief system um, says to you as a man that you are superior to a woman, then no, you're not gonna take this as seriously. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's you right. So, yeah, we did have a couple of people respond to uh, this question about does the Bible encourage uh, misogyny? Um, Clark says Jesus' teachings dispel that statement. Jesus' life shows us exactly how women should be regarded. So it seems that he is saying because we have the example of Jesus, that negates the idea that the Bible as a whole is misogynistic. But you know, given its Twitter, minimal characters, small response, it's hard to say how he might flesh that out more fully because it's hard to deny that the woman or that the Bible from, you know, cover to cover is full of misogynistic teachings and texts, um, Jesus example, notwithstanding. And we could find texts perhaps, uh, I think, where Jesus might be included in that. Well, to that, to Second, second response. Okay, go ahead. I was, but, second response from Twitter. Go ahead. Jane, in response to Does the Bible Encourage Misogyny, says, I have no discussion, but I have a statement. Fuck that shit. Go, Jane. <laughs> Jane was not beating around the bush. I would, that, we can take that as a yes. <laughs> we read you loud and clear, Jane. Uh, to, to thank you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> We can't even elaborate on that because that just encapsulated all right there. Um, <laughs> to that I just think it's funny to hear Brian curse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna have to put a. You're gonna have to insert like a profanity warning when you edit it. Oh man. Um, to that to that earlier Jesus point though, here's here's my issue with that. Yeah, it'd be all good if the only way Christianity was defined referred to was by Jesus's words an example of living. But it's not limited to that. As we often affectionately sometimes call Christianity, we can nickname it Pollyanity because so many of, of the, the edicts that have rolled into Christianity comes from Paul's letters and teachings. Uh, you know, and we just quoted some examples by Paul that, you know, didn't make him look so good. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. And, and to be fair, a number of scholars, we read some texts earlier from you know, quote unquote, Paul's letters. And some of the letters in question, uh, scholars debate whether Paul actually wrote that or whether some of the very um, anti-women statements in Paul's letters, whether those were later insertions or, you know, do we have the complete letter? Did, did the historical that's, Paul actually write these? So that, just to put that out there. But that's beside the point because they're still used. They're still used to justify no, no, I, I agree with that. It's just, it's interesting if, if you read, for example, um, Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan's book, The First Paul, uncovering sort of the original apostle, uh -huh. they will say that Paul was actually pretty uh, advanced in terms of his attitude toward women and had a, a fairly egalitarian stance. And, and they look at some of the earliest writings, which are 
there's pretty much a consensus that Paul wrote and that those are much more open toward women and more progressive on views on women. And it's some of these later more question texts that are kind of women shouldn't talk in church, women should have long hair, et cetera. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Where do we go from here? Mm. Well, um, like how do you fix something that's thousands of years in the ruining? I, 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 I think, men got to do a much better job than we're doing. I mean, like that, that's where the fix lies. The fix, what? but it's so vague, Ogan, like how, well, I mean, me, so let me get to that. Let me get to that. One, one way is first of all, um, we got to recognize that this is a problem. Like there's still so many men in denial that this is even a problem. Um, here are, yeah. Like, so I looked at some stats. One in three women between the ages of 18 to 34 have been sexually harassed at work. One in three. Okay. They've been sexually I'm surprised the number's that low, to be honest with you. Who's doing I think the one in three that admitted it. Well, yeah, that's I think that's reported. right. But this is reported, right? Yeah. Uh, and 81% have been verbally sexually harassed. So we're talking about like jokes, name calling, inappropriate mm -hmm. statements. So, so verbally, 81%. So I mean, okay, one who's doing the harassing, always, you know, clearly us us men, um, and and somebody also quick segue, somebody posted on uh, Facebook, a friend of mine. Let's not also forget that while we're talking about this, there are many young um, boys and young men who are also being harassed, who are not mm -hmm. also feeling the absolutely. You go, because this is really a power thing. I mean, when we talk about it, this isn't like a horrific abuse of power so um part of it also is us men have to believe that when women say they've been harassed they've been harassed we need to believe it and but again, people are like i i hear this from all these guys but guys are doing it you know like it, it's happening and you know it's it, it's almost like people are separating themselves now like oh I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I mean, I give credit to the guys that are coming out on Facebook and being like, hey, I've done this and mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you know? Right. So right. But that's, but, but that's, but that's how it happens. That's how it happens when we realize that, that when we didn't think we contributed to the problem, we did. And we had a perfect example of that with among us behind the scenes when we were planning this show, you know, when, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. And, going there. <laughs> I'm going there because it was, I'm breaking out the scotch. Just saying. Learning moment for, for my, for me, you know, so, so we were, we, we decided we're going to, we're, we're having the show here. Here's the topic that comes up. And, and then at some point in the week, I say, wait a minute, we're having this discussion on, uh, um, women issues and, and sexual abuse. And I said, and, and we're talking about misogyny and all this kind of stuff. I said, and there, there's two men on the show and one woman. I said, I don't think we should have more men than women on the show if we're talking about this issue. That, so that's that. That was my trying to be like, you know, hey, let's let's hear more from the women than the men. That, so I say this, and I go to, and I, you know, so so when we plan the show, we we do it in Facebook. We have a group chat going. So I was like, hey, Brian, what, uh, uh, I didn't even say, hey, Brian, I, I put out the question. Do you think we should have like another woman on the show so it's not us, us men dominating the conversation? And and Brian's like, I'll see if, you know, my wife Chrissy's available. 
and i was like okay no, he said do you want me to see if my wife is available? yeah see if she's available and then tina jumps in and says okay so we are planning this show and we're making this change and we're not even asking the woman on the show about this issue that's part of the problem and i was like wait i'm just trying to help here like you know all i hear still is you defending yourself no no, no. i am describing yes. what's oh. happened i am describing what happened i'm not done okay. yet not done yet and and so there was me in that point yes trying to defend myself and my actions and thanks to tina and my very very patient girlfriend who's walking me through this is like i love you sarah <laughs> you're missing the point here the point is like shut up and listen <laughs> like that's that's the point shut up and listen can I can I tell you that I was driving to work and and this is just popping up on my phone because I have my phone I, oh, I use my no. GPS. I pulled over so I could text you guys because oh, it just no. got my blood Sorry. boiling. Because because we talk about racism all the time, but nobody's ever suggested that we need another person of color on the show when we do that. That is true. It, it just felt like such a double standard to me, and and I almost got snarky with you guys and said. Hey, Wait, almost, almost. Okay, I got super sorry, but I almost, I almost got worse. I, I really did tone it down. I almost said, Brian, why don't you ask Chrissy to explain to you why I'm upset, and then you can explain it to Ogan. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. That actually would have been hilarious. Oh my goodness. Oh man, I'm sorry to add. Sorry we added stress to your commute. What a mess. But here's, but here's the teaching point that that came up for me is that. It's so subtle. It is so subtle even when even when we think some of us men think we're we're doing the right thing, it's still subtle because it's so in, ingrained in us, you know, and, and we have so far to go. Well, and and don't get me wrong, I grew up I, I grew up. I have worked my entire career in a male dominated industry. I have learned to let men think things are their idea just so things get done. You know, I have learned to make myself look stupid just so they don't, you know, people don't feel awkward around me, you know, like, or, or get all puffy chested around me. And, feel threatened. You know, yeah, thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Even though I can't speak right now. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I've learned the tricks, but if I honestly, I expect better of you too because I've seen better of you. You know what I mean? So I hold you right. guys to a higher standard. I, I do the same thing to Will. I hold you guys to a higher standard because now I've seen you know that men men that can act better and and you're the ones that are important to the next generation to make them better and we should be held to a higher standard we should be and That's i'm not right. saying that in any way to imply that it's it's the women's fault for not doing that no we should we should be held to a higher standard and us men should hold ourselves to a higher standard which includes you know calling it out when we see it so with this harvey weinstein thing you know a lot of people talked about about the women who uh, were his victims who didn't say anything publicly and now they're all coming out of woodwork and my question is well what about the men who didn't say anything publicly either you know right you know i'll give you the answer for everybody um yeah. we do what we have to survive we have to do to survive in the world that we are living in we can't even fathom the world that they live in we don't live in it um yeah it's we've talked about it before in religious communities it's the same thing if they would have spoken up and it would have been unacceptable i mean look at them now look at what's her name rosie or whatever um she, you know 
people are just bashing her and all over her. And, and it's a bunch of women coming out. So if one woman would have done that, she would have been silenced very quickly. And I think some of them did try to come out. Yeah, there, and, some have tried earlier and they, and they were railroaded. But it's the same thing with the men. You know, the men, their careers would have been destroyed. Their, you know, if families could have been threatened, like it, it gets serious. My question, I, I agree. And my question was, where were the men, though? Where were the men who also knew about this and didn't say anything? And that's when you ask how this is going to get better. For me, that's that's where it starts. That's where uh, it really starts. Us men have to do the better job of believing and reporting when we hear something. And above all, stop, stop doing it. Um, and yes, and stop doing it and don't encourage a culture in which that's okay. Even, you right. know, if we feel like, Hey, this is just guy time BS. Yeah. Or turning a blind eye when, when you see something funny, you know, you, you get that feeling that something's off. So I was having a conversation, uh, with someone, um, was last night and one of her questions was like, what constitutes abuse or harassment? She goes, cause you know, I've been, she said, I've been, I've been hit on, uh, men have tried to, you know, flirt with me and so on. And sometimes it gets pretty intense. Does that constitute harassment? Where do you draw the line? And my response was you draw the line wherever you damn like feel like drawing the line. Like if, if you are feeling that it is uncomfortable for you and it's gone past a certain point where you're comfortable. Yeah then it's harassment the the harasser doesn't get to determine it's harassment it's it's, it's when harassed it's when you you feel unsafe or they're using their power to make you do something yeah. exactly so um and 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 yes religion has been very complicit in this um and uh, and i not i'm not paying saying all religion but you know um forms of religion or sex of religion that that paint women as lesser have been very complicit in this and yeah and 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 that needs to change too it does need to change and uh, a friend of mine just just commented on this topic about the bible being misogynistic she said we decided uh people need to learn to read the bible differently and so I think, you know, that's a great call uh, by my friend Jody, who just says, you know, we don't have to take what we've inherited, even if we still own it as sacred scripture, we can still say, we can still call it out when it, when it's, when it fails where we are, where we've evolved to, or we hear God speaking in a new way today, we can say, yeah, this is not right. And today God is encouraging us to live this way, a better way. I like that. Well, it's, it's, not even just God it's about us people we we have evolved socially emotionally mentally you know at we're, we're at a different level of consciousness from where the New Testament was when it was written where the Old Testament authors were you know but Ogan, aren't you the one who says that as we evolve we have the God God evolves with us um did I say that or understanding of God evolves is what yes I'm saying. yeah right so that's what I'm saying yes thank you um and and that means we have to look, we have to look at these scriptures differently. We have to, we have to, we have to have a different relationship with them. We just can't go with that's right. Says this, so therefore this is what we do. No, 
we we maybe use it in a foundational place, but but we've got to, we've got to shift out of it. Um, and you know, where does where does it start? I you know, I often say things things may things should start with leadership, but I think this is also one of these things that doesn't start at any particular place in the hierarchy. It has to start everywhere. Leadership, followership. Those at the top, those at the bottom, like not starting in leadership anytime soon. <laughs> you know what? It did with our last president. I'll just say that. Miss you, miss you, Barry. Miss you. Um, yeah, we've gone the opposite direction on a number of fronts. We 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 have we have. So yeah. Well, uh, any uh, final word on uh, yeah our talk about women and how our sacred traditions uh inform us on that how we as a society uh treat one another uh anything you'd like to wrap us up with you you know what's right inside just keep doing the best you can i i'm gonna repeat what i said earlier men we gotta do better the best we can is not good enough we we gotta do better and if we don't know what that means just ask the nearest woman <laughs> yeah that well that's exactly yeah. right exactly right and i say <laughs> and i i think a lot of guys are kind of like especially as all the hashtag me too's you know we're trending over on twitter facebook uh over the last 48 hours i think guys are kind of like what do how do i acknowledge this how do i respond and i think you know you need to say i believe you one I hear you. I see you. I believe exactly what you're saying. And then as Tina said, we need to also say, I have contributed to a culture in which harassment and assault are encouraged, are okay, and happen. And I will stop, and I will name it, and I will call it out, and I will see it. And we have to do that if we're ever going to move forward. And realize when we've done it too. Like, you know. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, acknowledge we're complicit. That's well said, Brian. Well, thank you, friends. Oh, also, um, this is on another front, but no fish tacos. <laughs> that's thank you. That's the story. <laughs> thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. We'd love you to connect with us on the social medias. You can, you know, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you listen and enjoy an episode, share it on one of those venues so your friends can tune in. And remember, you can listen anytime, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes. I did notice recently somebody threw up a five-star review on iTunes for our podcast. We'd love to see some more of those. So please keep that rolling for us. If you'd like to find a conversation like this in your town to sit down with some open-minded individuals and talk about important issues, you can find uh, a group near you on the directory at pubtheology.com. And if there's not one in your town, you can find instructions to help you start your own. And thank you again to our sponsors, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive. That's Wink with a C and Casual Priest at casualpriest.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. <laughs>
indeed they are. I should give them a try. <laughs> Tina says fish tacos. Like fish tacos are a little slice of heaven from the sea. You have to come to the Pacific Northwest. Seriously. True. The best fish tacos out here. Man, put a little like mango salsa on them. Oh my oh, god. That, see, I know that the, the ones I've yeah. seen have mango salsa, which I love. So maybe if it's like a tilapia or a real sort of bland fish taco, I could Deep do it. Fried. Yes. It it has to be a good fish taco. You can't get it in the middle of the country, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in clearly I'm in the wrong place to get a good fish don't, taco. Don't fry it. You gotta grill it. Grilled what? Fry. dude. Fried is okay, but grilled, I think. I think deep fried. Beer batter deep fried is yeah. the bomb. Yeah, I think I think either one I should give it a chance. Could be. Oh, <laughs> one more thing, quick thing before I go. Um the whole uh the hashtag me too movement. Uh um again, the same friend who asked about where that line with harassment was yeah. Her issue was um the effectiveness of it, you know, that whole term slacktivism where you know I know it goes on everybody comes up uh you know and yeah, you know how is that helping but um i i was on that same place and i read this really fascinating blog that said if there was any time that this that a hashtag movement was uh was really apropos this would be it because there there's this is probably the best issue that people need to speak up more about than they haven't been in the past and that's and that's really what this movement has been. Um, I, I mean, a lot of the of the Me Too comments I've read are women who, for the first time in their lives, yeah. are speaking out that this happened to them. You know, there's a lot of times when these hashtag movements are not. You know, they're just really crazy little trends that aren't meaning anything. But um, I don't know what you guys felt about it. Did you feel this was just another thing that? You know, is going to come and go in the wind, or or did you think that it was really helping? I it didn't surprise me at all. So, yeah, I mean, I, it was didn't surprise me either, and it's just deeply sorrowful to see the prevalence of of this kind of activity. Um, but as Tina said, honestly, not that surprising either, which is doubly sad. I did see a friend who posted. Uh, saying she was refraining and feeling like there was pressure to jump in. And some women felt like it was a test of how attractive am I? And if I'm not attractive enough, did I, have I been harassed? So there was sort of that issue was brought up for some. And then someone else said, this is triggering memories for me that I've frankly have tried to leave in the past. Mm -hmm. And so this is bringing things back that honestly, I don't want to, you know, I've kind of dealt with this or tried to, and now it's bringing it back. So I can see, you know, some good and also it's not not all good that's the boat i'm in brian that's yeah yeah i can see that i can see that yep all right Under understood all right have a good night guys all right bye good night